You're listening. No. You're listening to the Buns.com Podcast Network. (laughs) (laughs) Buns, Buns, Buns. I want to give you something real, but I don't know where to start. Darling, let's make a deal. I want to give you my heart. I would trade anything for love. Hey guys, welcome to the Buns Podcast. I hope you had a good Canada Day. I know that this episode is a little bit late, and I apologize. Also, it's not going to be what you're used to. There won't be a This Week in Bun section, and uh, there won't be some other stuff. But what there will be is an interview with Nina of the Unspoken Theater Company. She came in to talk to me about what it's like to put on plays and uh, run a theater company. Uh, They happen to have a play at the Fringe Festival, the kids section of the Fringe Fest, called Death Meets Harlequin. Uh, She mentions the dates, and if you want to know more, you can check the show notes. Um, Yeah, she seemed like a really interesting lady, and I strongly suggest that you guys check it out. Here is my interview with Nina of the Unspoken Theater Company. Thanks, guys. Too much shit in your apartment? Get rid of it today on the Buns app. Available in the App Store, Google Play Store, or online at buns.com. Hey, guys. Welcome to ISO The Buns Podcast. I am here with Nina from the Unspoken Theater Company. Um, why don't you introduce yourself and kind of tell us a little bit about what you guys do thanks so much yeah i'm so happy to be here yeah nice to have you thanks for making the trek out east it's a lovely place thanks uh so much for the invite yeah no problem Uh, so i have a show coming up at toronto fringe that i wrote and directed it's called death meets harlequin and it's at the george ignatieff theater near saint george subway and uh for anybody who hasn't heard of toronto fringe i'm surprised you're probably not online in which case you're not hearing me right now. <laughs> but it runs from July 5th to 16th. And for this show, it's actually um, part of the Kids Fest. Okay. So that's a theater festival for children, which is run by Toronto Fringe. Nice, nice. So, yeah, we'll get into the the show in a second. But uh, is this the first show that your company's put on or are there others? Were there um, others? So I'm also the artistic director of unspoken theater Mm -hmm. and we've produced over 12 different uh shows by local toronto playwrights female playwrights actually um, just so happens and um we focus on new writing that takes a classical theme so in the case of death meets harlequin we have a commedia dell'arte style performance and characters yeah commedia dell'arte was around uh long enough ago that it influenced the work of Shakespeare and Moliere. So it's a kind of a clownish style, acrobatic style performance. Okay. And, but this is uh, modern day writers like um, kind of putting their take on it? Absolutely. So with this one, we have um, this theme of Commedia dell'arte, but it was written by myself now. And, um, you know, with last year's Fringe, we had a play called Mood Swings, which uh, was an award-winning play. 
and it um, it took the theme of the Greek uh, retelling of the Pandora's box story, yeah. but it told it as a series of uh, anecdotes about on on street harassment, like at a bus stop. Oh wow! Okay. So um, it's very much uh, current writers in Toronto who are taking these classical themes and reworking them into into something that's relevant for today. Wild. So how did the Unspoken Theater get started? Uh, well, the first show that we did was in 2011. Mm -hmm. And that was a show that I wrote, uh, which was very, very different from the show that we have at Fringe this year. Mm -hmm. The show we have at Fringe this year, Death Meets Harlequin, is definitely family friendly and for kids and so on. The first show that we ever did was a play it won a couple of awards, I'm very proud to say. Oh, wow, nice. Yeah, with Heart House Players, and it was shortlisted with, with another local company called Panfish. And um, yeah, Unspoken was a play that I wrote in 2011, which was on the theme of date rape. Ooh, okay. So it was it was very different from what we're doing at uh, Fringe this year. But mm -hmm. then it was... Um, it, it was the thing that's... Uh, this I have written a lot of different plays. Yeah, yeah. And they have all different genres. Yeah, so, so you like to explore a little bit. Absolutely. The so, one thing that's similar with them yeah. is just that I use a lot of poetic language and imagery. Sure. So I did that in the first play, Unspoken. And I'm doing that again here, where you have symbols yeah. that kind of talk to universal themes. So the one that was a universal theme in Unspoken... Yeah, was maybe about these abusive relationships. So was Whereas, Unspoken the first uh, play that you wrote that went to stage, or did you have other plays previous? Uh, um, I've I've been doing theater all my life. Okay. Since I was a little kid, I've been doing stuff. Um, Unspoken in 2011 was just the first one that I produced with this company. Oh, nice. Okay. And so you've been producing with this company ever since, I guess. Yeah, it's uh, it's my little brainchild. And. Is it mostly plays that you've written or, or do you find other writers and produce uh, their plays? Uh, there's stuff that I've written. Um, other playwrights other playwrights locally have been featured. Um, Shrika Kamani, um, Alia Alipai, uh, Natalie Kay, that's my sister. She's also an award-winning playwright. Mm -hmm. um, Sandra Cardinal. These are all different. And how do you, how do you find them, the playwrights? I would say that the theater scene, surprisingly in Toronto, for how active it is, yeah. is very small, very connected. Okay. So uh, you end up meeting people at different events if you go to them. Storefront offers a lot of events for playwrights. Yeah. They're very encouraging. And they're a wonderful networking um, group. It's it's very sad that they lost their, their venue recently. Okay. But um, they still hold events. There's something called Sing for Your Supper which is a monthly event that they do and playwrights get to try out their work. Uh, it's wonderful. That sounds met a really lot interesting. Of people there. I mean, I'm, um, I, I wouldn't say that I'm like in the art scene per se, but I know a little bit about the, the sort of fine art because my, my significant other deals in fine art. And I used to, I guess I still do. I'm a musician, but I've, I've never really delved into the world of, of theater. So I don't, I don't really know much about it. Or how one, you know, kind of goes about creating a, a play. How, where do you find the inspiration for your writing? Um, it all comes from different sources. I'm, 
I'm really happy with Unspoken Theatre Company itself because we look at these kind of classical sources and there's so much inspiration there. Mm-hmm. So with this, Commedia dell'arte was a huge influence um, and also different philosophy that I was reading, mostly dealing with... So the story is about a kind of a young dreamer who plays guitar and sings to himself and chases butterflies. He's oh, nice. a very sweet, boyish, funny, very funny character yeah. named Harlequin. Um, he ends up having an encounter with with death, actually. Okay. But death in the play is, is... Is death a character? Death is a character. Okay, yeah, yeah. And she's a symbolic character. And in a way, I looked at it as a kind of a wish fulfillment for myself, mm-hmm. where death was this lovely, motherly, young woman right. who just sings to Harlequin and kind of teaches him these harsh lessons that we all have to learn about mortality, but in a beautiful way because she just sings and dances with him right and then what he walks away with is is these lessons without ever having to really experience loss Mm -hmm. he just learns that uh life is something that has limited time so we have to make use of it and um he learns about family he's having some problems with his father so it becomes important to him to resolve things with his father because he realizes through this encounter this dance that um he will have limited time so it's it's a very funny story but it's it's poignant as well and i got the inspiration probably from a lot of sources Mm -hmm. um but one of the sources was one was the first actor who was in the play named uh david montes de oca he first played harlequin and it was written for him okay we have someone else playing it named Tom Beatty, and he's just delightful. Right. But um, I wrote the play for Dave, and he was quite an inspiration for the piece. He's just a very comical character. And I thought about him mm-hmm. just running around on stage, chasing butterflies and talking to people in the audience. Right. That's how it starts. He just comes up to the audience and he says, like, have you seen the butterfly? Where is she? So you draw your inspiration sometimes from the people, the actual people that are in the play. The themes that I'm thinking about, the classical sources, I wrote I wrote this one for a particular actor in mind. That's fantastic. Yeah. So, where does one? Um, is there is there like a, a a plethora of of stage actors available in Toronto? I don't. Again, I don't really know much about the theater scene, so I'm kind of curious as to how the, this whole thing gets put together. Um, there are actually so many wonderful, talented writers actors directors it's really incredible the network of people that you that you meet when you start getting involved in theater Mm -hmm. um a lot of the people in this show uh have been in other shows that i've seen them in and you just you just uh get involved in the community and the more that you see of the performances i mean at this point um it's just wonderful to be t- to be connected with all of these people. There's quite a lot of them. And uh, let's talk about the Fringe Festival because it sounds like you've had a few plays uh, in the festival. For anyone who doesn't know what it is, can you can you uh, give them a, a bit of a primer? So this is actually the biggest Fringe Festival ever. There's 160 shows this year. Okay. So... 160 is just a, an astronomical number of yeah, shows. Yeah, that's crazy. Uh, there's also a whole bunch of live music and other live events that are going on at the same time. 
So you can check uh, some of that out at um, what is called the Fringe Club. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's in Scouting Court this year at Bathurst and Dundas. Okay. Yeah, people can just go down there and hang out at the beer tent and see what's happening, see what catches their eye. Yeah. And listen to music, live music. It's amazing. Um, then for us, we're actually part of the Kids Fest. So we have our own little hangout spot, which is more for families and children. Yeah. And the kids get to play on a bouncy castle. There's going to be a clown there, face painting, all this kind of stuff. Yeah. And that's near to St. George Subway, right outside of our venue, which is George Ignatia Theater. Okay. And I I, I mean, so you're, you're part of the, the kids section of the Fringe Festival, but I imagine that the play is appeals to all audiences. Because it sounds like it deals with some pretty ma- mature themes. Mature in that, that not that they're, you know, not appropriate for children, but mature in that, like, it deals with some kind of heavy things underneath the humor. I would, I would mention that we did produce the show for adults last year in Leslieville. Okay. And um, there, was, there was no question that, um, that it was really appreciated at a certain level of, of depth. Mm-hmm. That I think maybe um, kids wouldn't fully experience, but they'll still find it funny. I, I would assume. Honestly, like the humor is just going to appeal to everyone, and there's certain lessons and commentary in there about mortality and about family and about love, right? That everybody would be able to relate to. Nice. Um, it's it's a lot of fun the show, and there's there's some music in it as well, which yeah. should appeal to you as a musician. Absolutely. Um, I forgot to mention as well that there's a few different. Uh, ses- uh, sessions of the show where we are going to have a special guest which is the Flying Feats Circus. So we have a little circus oh, pre-show wow. that's okay. going to be happening for four of the dates of our performances. So h- how many, in the dates for your performances, how many times a day do you do you perform the shows at once each day? So during the dates of Fringe, which is July 5th to 16th, yeah. we're going to have seven different performances during that time and okay. uh, four of those are going to have a, spe- a special circus pre-show nice so the dates and times uh, are, all, are all available on our website i think mm-hmm. maybe you can provide that link to people yeah i'll put it in the notes but why don't you just uh, let them know what it is yeah so the show times are wednesday july 5th at four fifteen, friday july 7th at 1.45 p.m., Sunday, July 9th at 11.45 a.m., Tuesday, July 11th at 1.15 p.m., Thursday, July 13th at 4.30 p.m., Saturday, July 15th at 10 a.m., and Sunday, July 16th at 11.45 a.m. All right, well, if you guys are around, definitely definitely check out one of those dates. Um, I'm just looking for the website. Is it on here? Our website is unspokentheatercompany.weebly.com or you can check out the fringetoronto.com website as well. There you go. Uh, there is a phone number if you do want to order tickets by phone. I think you have the number there. Yeah, it's 416-966-1062. Okay, let's get back to uh, the theater for a bit. So I know that you write some of these plays. Do you ever perform in the plays? I was performing in our production of Death Meets Harlequin last year. Oh, and, really? Uh, so you're I an actor was, as well? Yeah, I was playing the role of death. So wow. it was a very it was a very wonderful experience. I got to do some singing as well on yeah. stage. 
That's uh, that's incredible. It sounds like um, you're fully entrenched in this. Do you find it hard to... Oh, hold on, let me re- rewind for a second. Do you ever act in plays that you don't write? I definitely have. Uh, there, There's a company uh, recently that I was in a show called Blythe Spirit with. And the company is Mortar and Pestle Productions in the Beaches. There's a few other companies also. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that when you're self-producing or when you're producing theater of any kind, you end up becoming a kind of a jack of all trades or an impresario. Makes sense. So, I mean, in this case, this year, I'm um, doing producing duties where I'm dealing with Fringe directly, mm-hmm. um, raising money and, and administering the costs, as well as doing the directing. And I, I happen to write this play as well. So there's really a lot going on. And then working also with the circus troupe, which is a whole other company, right. coordinating that. Yeah. So there's always so much. And I just have to say that the reason that we do this kind of thing is yeah. for love. Right. It's a passion. You know, it's a passion. There's not a lot of money in independent theater. But it was amazing for me last year to be performing in the show that I wrote, yeah. Death Meets Harlequin, and have all these people in the audience laughing and then afterwards a few of them coming up with some tears in their eyes and saying that it really touched them thinking about you know death in a kind of a more optimistic way that's incredible it it changed their their mind about things so do you prefer to be out front acting or kind of behind the scenes if you have to choose one a lot of times it's really about the project itself and what will best serve that project. Mm-hmm. So um, this year, I I really wanted to be able to see somebody else in that role of death that I right. played last year. The person playing it, Alexandra, she's really a very ethereal performer with an incredible presence. Yeah. And every time I see her, I'm very moved. Um, she's been in a couple of shows with me before and also she's performed with alumni Uh, she's performed with a few companies and and in film as well so just being able to see somebody else interpret that role was very powerful on Mm -hmm. this occasion yeah it must be it must be interesting having played some of the roles and then watching other people play it and they must take a different spin on it do you ever um I don't know, frustrated isn't the right word. Do you ever get inspired by um, how the actors end up seeing your vision a little bit differently than you see it? Theater is such a collaborative process. Yeah. I think in a similar way uh, as music is. Yeah. Where there's no way that one person's vision can just um, be dictatorial. Sure. You know, you have to have a, a kind of a cooperative methodology and appreciation for whatever everybody is bringing Mm -hmm. i'm very lucky to have the talented actors that i have thomas gow um is somebody who's worked with me a few times he's very well known in the in the indie toronto theater scene okay um and he's performed with soup can theater storefront theater alumni theater heart house he's just been on stage a whole bunch and people keep wanting to work with him Mm -hmm. because of how much enthusiasm and energy he brings and how much experience yeah it's just 
constantly inspiring to see um to see actors doing doing my work it's just it's very humbling as well yeah i always want to do rewrites and stuff just yeah, to yeah. make sure that they're happy with with whatever they're doing and and we work together on that oh so, so they the su- they sometimes change. suggest changes or additions for you oh yes absolutely it's it's a collaborative process in that respect wow that's uh that's that's actually really interesting because i i would just assume that it would be fixed once it, once it's written it's written kind of like yeah I don't know. I mean, my only experience with writing anything is music, but like once, once as, as a band, we've written a song. I mean, that's the song. There's no, uh, I mean, we might add a little taste, like a little flair here and there, but for the most part, it remains the same. So it's interesting to see that, you know, new people doing the same play kind of put their own sort of take on it. So what, uh, do you have any future plans after the Fringe Festival? Do you know what, what you might be doing next? Well, there's there's always a lot of shows that we have in mind for unspoken theater. Um, you are you writing anything currently? I have a few works in development. I also I'm also a dramaturg, which just means that it's kind of like a script editor, but a little bit um, more theater oriented. So mm-hmm. you're always imagining what the show might be like once it's staged. Okay. Uh, so as a dramaturg, you're kind of speaking to the playwright about ideas that are beyond just those words on the page. Right. Because theater is this kind of magical thing where you, you write the words on the page and somehow it's a lot more than that. Of course. Yeah. yeah. So uh, I do a lot of work as a dramaturg. Um, one of the members of our company Alia Alipai has written a short piece. We often produce um, a collection of short pieces all at once. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a project we're, uh, we're looking at called Mythic Shorts Festival, and that's going to be coming up um, at some point. It, uh, it's going to be a bunch of short pieces that were based on myth- mythological themes. Oh, sounds really interesting. And uh, some of them are totally modern some of them are actually historical or semi-historical and the the styles of writing are very different so you have some that are in rhymed verse Mm -hmm. totally rhyming and other pieces that are um kind of choral pieces so you have like a whole chorus speaking and then um some are just absolutely modern like it just seems like they're they're like in the twitter world right right right. yeah yeah it's all over the place. It's just amazing the kind of creativity that you can see. I feel like that sort of thing is, is a lot of work to put together because it's not just one theme and you've got to move really quickly, I would guess. Yeah, this the Mythic Shorts will be a festival of, of some kind. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be doing that um, Nice. I guess time. people should just uh, check back on your website and uh, they can find out. Yeah, just, just take on. a look at Unspoken Theater and see what we're up to. And so you said so far all of the all of the plays that you've put on have been written by by women. Was that an active choice? I think it, it largely is. Um, I don't think, you know, we're not exclusive in that respect. Right. But um, that's something that's important to us. All the core members of the company uh, are female. Mm-hmm. So it's kind of a, it's a culture that in theater is still largely driven by male stories, especially when you're looking at classical theater. And we're looking at 
you know, the classics and how to draw inspiration from those for the modern day. So when we're doing so, we're looking at a lot of male driven stories, a lot of um, male penned stories. Mm -hmm. And there's just something to be said for for having having modern women writing writing these pieces yeah no i think that it's important to uh to give everyone a place to be heard and i think that for a long time obviously male voices have been a little bit louder than female so i think it's it's great to uh you know for you to have um created this thing where female playwrights can also kind of get their their uh voices out there i think the female story may i mean we're still in early days now of of seeing a lot of this from writers right we we really are um still just learning what what a female driven story is mm-hmm. and in some ways you know we talk about these these very classical story uh, structures like the hero's journey and so on right and for women writers we sometimes don't write along those patterns of the hero's journey yeah, yeah. We write things sometimes that are very introspective and don't seem to have a clear beginning or ending because they're they're about internal changes as opposed to external quests. Oh, that's interesting. So uh, I would say that to some extent, Death Meets Harlequin is mm-hmm. like that because it's about Harlequin who meets somebody. Yeah. And all that happens in the play really is that he dances, but he comes to a new realization about himself. And he fixes his relationship with his father. That's, I mean, where's the hero story narrative in that? Yeah, yeah. Right? It's it's about building the character, building the self, and right. building agency. And it's, I think, uh, in some ways, more of a f- female structure narrative because it's more about building agency and choice-making abilities. Yeah, than it is about actually just going out and killing a dragon or whatever. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, that's great. Okay, well, uh, before I let you go, is there anything else you want the people to know about? Uh, Anything at all, whether it be theater company related or just, uh, I don't know, any shout outs or anything that you want to, to get out there? I guess I would just like to say how really important it is for people to come out to these cultural events just for the enrichment you have for your own life. Mm-hmm. There's so many um, people out there who are just wondering, what should I do with myself? You know, or, or even sometimes, especially in the winter in Toronto, people get really down and they feel depressed and they say, what's the point? Right. I would say that culture and arts is really the answer to that. And connection. You know, I just got to meet you today. Yeah. That was a wonderful experience. And you just reached out to me and invited me to come here and talk about this. Yeah. I think that we both felt an enrichment from that. I I hope that people are trying to make those connections. Yeah. And one real way to do that is through theater and through arts and culture. Yeah. I think theater is a great one because, I mean, it tells a story similar to, you know, what a a movie or, or television show might tell. But it's it's live and it's in person and the energy in the room kind of informs the the you know what's being put on stage and so there's a give and take between the audience and the actors and and all that stuff that you don't get anywhere else so i I do think that it's probably uh, very worthwhile to go out and sort of experience that for yourself and i mean if you're not that familiar with the theater community 
Fringe Festival is a great place to do that. It's really cheap, for one thing. Yeah. Really, really cheap. It's $5 for kids to see our show, and it's $12 regular price. You really can't beat that. And a lot of the activities outside that Fringe is offering or that Fringe Kids is offering are free. You know, music and all kind of things. That's incredible. Well, thanks for coming and chatting with me, and I hope that you guys go and check out uh this play at the fringe festival and uh if you've got some time check out some other ones as well you know uh like you said keep uh the art community alive in toronto thanks for listening guys and thanks for coming thank you so much